0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Douris, we are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone, welcome back to this recording. Um, on another episode of experiencing the reality of our Christian faith and discovering more about who God really is, His true nature. I'm excited to get into this. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's just dig in. I'm sure by now you know. Grab a coffee, water, a notebook, and your Bible, and let's go for it. So, Father, we just want to thank you that as we get into your Word together and look at this incredible um, reality of who we are and who you are, Father, that it is breaking down any walls we may have against you, accepting you as our Lord and Savior, but also any walls we may have built up over the years, even though we've known you, maybe with a wrong idea of who you are. And Father, I thank you that this teaching will bring freedom and liberty to those who listen, so that we too, every single one of us, may walk more and more in the fullness of what you have for us while we're here on earth. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, great. So we are going to today start with um, another character in the Bible, like what I did um Last week I did a different thing, but then the two weeks before we we did certain events. And this uh, topic for today is Job. So if you don't know who Job is, that's okay, I'll be telling you. If you do know who Job is, I will start by saying I myself grew up as a Christian. Um, I only really, really, really became a believer, I would say, 15 years ago, when I actually personally said he is my Lord and Savior. But I did grow up in... um, in a family who believed in God and in Jesus. And Job was a very confusing thing for me. And I've heard over the last years, many years, very strange things, like people saying, I'm going through a Job experience, which means they're suffering a lot, but God is doing it. I've heard that this is a test. This is how God tests us, that we can learn how to stand um, through a test. Uh, We can learn that God actually allows the devil to do certain things so that we may grow in our faith. Um, to see if we really believe, and um, all these religious things I have heard, and I don't agree with anything I just said, because if we believe that about Job, please don't stop the recording, continue listening, this will set you free, because if you do believe that is the purpose of the book of Job, you will always, always, always be insecure in your relationship towards God, because when do you know it's your time, and your your uh, divine appointment where you have to lose everything. So we really, really need to get into what's happening here. What is the purpose of the book of Job? Why is it written? And why is it in our Bible? So that we may boldly and confidently come to the Lord, knowing that he is good and only good. He doesn't allow evil so good can come. And so that we can have a right definition of who we are when we come to god as his children if you are not yet a believer and you are maybe listening to something about job for the first time i will be telling you the story so don't worry about that don't switch off and also i want to answer this like many times we see a lot of suffering in the world and it's natural to think why does this happen or even say no to god because if this is the kind of god that christians have who wants that So I want to encourage you to keep on listening, because you're going to see very clearly that God is not the one who does evil, so good can come, or any evil of any sort. It's not God, okay? But we do need to know who it is, because the reality is there is a lot of evil in the world. So here's what we need to know um, about Job and the story of Job. It is a book in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, and it was apparently written um, very early on in the history of the world although it's a bit later in the Christian Bible, it's placed a bit later, don't think that's the date it was written, okay? The book was actually written kind of like in the times of Genesis. That's what you should think when you're reading this book. How do we know that? Well, there's no record of any temple, so there's no record of the Israelites. In the book, there's no mention of Um, the covenants with God, there's no mention of Abraham, none of that's mentioned at all. And Job's book seems to not even specify who the author was. The focus is not exactly when it's written, although we know it's quite an older book if we look at some of the information that's not in there. This is the first thing we need to know. Why is it like that? Because the focus is to learn about suffering, okay? This is true. The focus is to learn about suffering. And that is what we are going to look at. But it is a book that the focus is not about when it was written, by who it was written, because it's relevant for all times, as are all these books. But specifically this, we can really associate with it and see what is happening. Um, We also know that he is not an Israelite. He lives in Uz, which is out of the promised land. So he is not under God's covenant like the covenant with Abraham. So what is the story? What is happening? Well, it's a book with 42 chapters, and in this book, this writing of this book, we see that um, something happens in chapter 1 and 2. Job is introduced to us, and he's introduced as a righteous man. He has a good family. He's very rich. He's not perfect, but he believes in God. Okay, Something happens. He loses everything, including his house, his family, his wealth, and eventually even his health. After all of this happens, Job says a few things and then his four friends arrive to kind of comfort him by explaining the possible reasons that this could have happened to him and mostly blame it on the fact that he's a sinner and he deserves all of this and he needs to repent and turn back to God. So Job is also trying to make sense of this and this is the very first thing we need to learn in this book is Job is trying to make sense of God through his circumstances. That is never how we make sense of God. And you will always fall in error uh, when you do that. How do we try to explain God or how do we make sense of God is through his written word or going to God. But we can never look at our circumstances to try and explain God. Um, It will never work. Okay, And so, praise God, today we have the scriptures or the written word of God so that we can go there and find out who God is. Job, however, did not have this, but he could have just spoken to God, and we're going to see he does. Finally, you're at the end of the book. Most of the book is the friend speaking to Job and Job replying, and Job's on like an emotional roller coaster up and down, up and down. But in the end, Job basically appeals to God. God arrives in the sick cloud, and he answers him. And he answers him by showing him the wonders of the universe and basically saying, who does he think he is to judge God? Job then repents, realizing that he was wrong. Please remember this. Job, in the end of the book, repents, realizing that he was wrong in his thinking and saying about God. God honors him, rebukes the friends, and restores back what was lost many times more than what he actually lost. Okay, And even to the degree that Job gets to pray for his friends um, because of what their misunderstanding about God. So the misunderstanding and bad teaching of the book of Job has made it something that can make us, even as believers, very insecure about our walk with God. And I really hope that what we'll be sharing today will bring some light as you see who God really is. So what is actually happening? Well, we need to know what's happening in chapter one and two to know what's happening in the rest of the book. Remember, while Job is experiencing this, and it's kind of like Job is living his life, he's in peace, um, he's happy, and suddenly, out of nowhere, it seems like, everything's just destroyed. Everything, in random, random ways. Storms, sickness, um, uh, it's just, it looks weird to Job. So, he's on the earth, and he doesn't know what's happening, okay? However, in Job 1, the writer of the book records what was happening in the heaven. Okay, there is actually a conversation in heaven between the devil and God. So in chapter 1 verse 6, now there was a day when the sons of God, now these are the angels of God, not us who are born again, this is angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, Satan, this word is accuser, this is what it means. The accuser or Satan also came among them, okay. The Lord said to Satan the accuser, "Where, uh, from where, do you come?" Then Satan answered the Lord and said, "From roaming about on the earth and walking about around on it." The Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blandest and upright man, fearing the Lord. Remember here, fearing the Lord means, when you hear that word ever in Scripture, the fear of the Lord or fearing the Lord, fear of God, is never spe- speaking about a fear." Um, where it pushes you away from God. This is the sense that I am in awe and I have reverence for God as being Lord, first of all, and second to that, it's also the idea that we follow His ways. We don't go according to our ways. This comes across very strongly in the book um, of Proverbs, that Actually, when we seek wisdom, when we seek understanding, when we seek God's way of doing things, and we don't follow our own ways, this is the fear of the Lord. So it's not about being scared of God. He turns, so also in verse 8 it says, And turning away from evil, then Satan answered the Lord in verse 9, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have Have you not made a hedge, which is like a wall of protection, about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands. And his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you've never heard this, this might be scary. Don't worry. We're We're actually doing this series to look at the scary parts of Scripture. Okay? So the conversation is in heaven between... God and the devil. It seems like God is having a meeting with all his angelic beings, which um, is normal. And while God is speaking to the sons of God, or these angels, these angelic beings, and they're kind of reporting to him what's happening, one angelic being, Satan, the accuser, steps forward. Now, what is the devil doing in heaven? Well, for those of you who might not know, one day I'll explain more about this, but God is the creator of all angelic beings, including The devil. However, he wasn't created for evil. He was created to be a servant of God. He rebels against God, and because of his rebellion, he becomes the enemy of God, and specifically the enemy of God's people. He's jealous of Adam and Eve, and um, he becomes Satan or the devil, as we know him today. Okay? So he comes forward, he has right in the heaven to be there because he is still at this time of this writing of this book he is still considered as an angelic being, although he is against God and against man, okay? So he says to God that he has been on the earth, and he's looked over the earth, and God, knowing what the devil was going to say, he says, oh, I know, in a way, I'm paraphrasing, oh, you've seen Job. Now, some people read this as saying, have you considered Job? Like, Oh, have you seen him? Like God is pointing him out to Satan to make Satan tempt him. That's not the case. If you think like that about God, you will you will really think that God is a cruel God. God doesn't point people out and then give Satan permission to like um, destroy him to see if they'll stay close to God. This is not the picture here. This is written in the same time of the book of the recordings of Genesis in that same period, like time period it looks like. And what we see... In that book, is that, for example, in the, Adam, in, the Garden of, of, um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, after they sinned, God calls out to them and he says, where are you? Did God not know where they were? God knew. But he was saying it and then they were speaking. He allowed them to tell him what was happening. Same thing happens with Cain and Abel. When Cain kills Abel, God says, where is your brother? Now he allows Cain to tell him the story. Okay. In the same way, this is what's happening now. God knew he had, uh, that the devil had already seen Job. He was just saying, oh, and have you considered him? So he knows what's in his heart. Okay. The devil then reminds God that God has no right to protect Job as he was doing, as the earth was now partially under the control of the devil. Why? Because in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were supposed to listen to the voice of God, but they didn't. They obeyed the voice of the devil, and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, disobeying God, but actually just acting in unbelief towards God and his goodness. And because they do that, they fall from the perfect creation, or we can say, I like to rather say, they ate of it, not believing the goodness of God, and therefore they introduced another Um, Voice of authority on the earth and that was the devil they give authority to another being which didn't have Authority on the earth until they gave it to him now the devil wants to get God to actually act unrighteous against Job Did you see that yet God says without saying it? He says I will not he simply says okay you do what you want to do, but that He's not allowed to take Job's life. Okay, and every single evil thing that happens to Job, after this point, is everything is from the devil. Please remember this. Let's stop for a moment and ask some very important questions. While this is happening, is Job there in the heaven listening to this? No. Job is on the earth. He's living his life. He doesn't even know this is happening. Okay. Who is the one behind the attack? God or the devil? The devil. Okay. Satan in this book is god testing job or is the devil testing job clearly from what just happened in job one the devil or satan is the one testing job is this book written before or after jesus christ walking on the earth we know that it's written many many years before jesus appears on the earth God does allow it here because, well, what else could God do? Jesus had not yet come to deal with the enemy, our enemy and God's enemy, and we will get back to that. So let's look at what's happening now in the rest of the book before we answer all of it, uh, the beginning of the book. Job now, when everything happens, not knowing the account of what happened in the heavenlies, Job tries to analyze what's happening without knowing it. So he says things like, Job 1 verse 20 to 21. Then Job arose and tore his robe and sit and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now stop. Ask yourself, is this statement true? Yes, it's a fact that Job actually feels this, and it is a fact that Job actually says this. But is this the truth? No, it's not. Because we know from the early accounts in Job that God is not the one taking away. God has given, because remember in Job 1, it clearly shows us who God is. God is the one who gives, he protects, he provides, he blesses, he increases. God gives, but he's not the one who's taking away from Job. The devil is. Now look at uh, chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. Again, Job is speaking and he says, Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves! So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for He inflicts pain and gives relief. He wounds and He and He hands also heal. His hands also heal. I have actually heard this many times, times where people try to explain to their friends who are going through a difficult time. They are trying to explain, "This is who God is." Yes, He He inflicts pain. Yes, He wounds, but He also gives relief, and His hands also heals. This is a Fact that is recorded in the book of Job, but this is not the truth. Because God, was God the one inflicting the pain? No. Was God the one who was wounding Job? No. A hundred times, no, it was the devil. Look at chapter 6, verse 4. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. They poison, they their poison my spirit drinks. The terror of God are arrayed against me. The terrors of God. Is it the terrors of God that's against him? No, it is Satan attacking him, okay? I know in your heart you might be thinking, well, God is allowing it. We will get back to that. One minute. Just stick with me here. Job 9 verse 22. It is all one. Therefore, I say, he destroys the guiltless and the wicked. Is that true? God destroys the guiltless and the wicked? Never. Never. We have to immediately think of what Abraham says, because this is super important. Abraham knew God, and he spoke to God just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I have a great teaching on that. Please go and listen to it. He speaks to God, and there he says, God, will you destroy the innocent with the guilty? In Genesis 19, uh, 18 or 19. He says, no, may it never be. Abraham knew something about God that Job clearly did not. And I'm going to prove it to you even more. Okay? Listen to this. Job 3, verse 25. And I've heard this scripture so many times used in Christian circles wrongly. Job 3, 25. For what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. You know, as a young girl living in South Africa, I don't know when I was. I was in my teenage years when I actually heard the statistics about one of every three women in South Africa um, gets raped. And this became an, such a great fear in my own heart, because I realized, because I had grown up with my mother and my sister, that that means it, it will happen, will happen to one of us. I, I promise you, I grew up with that silent fear in my heart. And then things like this, when I would hear this, for what I fear comes upon me, I would try to not fear it. I would try to... I was so... I couldn't even think straight about how protection works or how God works. Because if what you fear comes upon you, that is incredible. So let me just ask you right now, did what Job fear come, came upon him? Maybe the answer is, yes, he feared these things and it happened. But was the reason it was happening, was it because he feared it? No, the devil came and destroyed it. It doesn't matter whether he feared it or not. It was the work of the devil. Please get rid of this horrible lie that when we fear things, it will happen to us. We have many fears. God is the one who removes our fears. God is the one who helps us, who protects us. I'm not saying go and speak about all your fears. Please be, don't be stupid. But still, we can see here that that statement is a statement of fact because he said it, but it's not the truth. So please remember that. This is Job trying to explain what is happening to him because of what he has experienced. But that does not mean Job is getting it right. Because at the end of the book, in chapter 42, Job repents after God speaks to him, showing him the incredible universe and explaining to him who he is and actually in the end just saying to Job, Job, you don't know what's happening here. But don't judge me because you don't know what's happening here. In Job 42, This is what he says. He says, hear now and I will speak. I will ask you, God, and you instruct me, God. I have heard of you. So God has spoken to him. Now listen here. He says, Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees you. Therefore I retract and I repent in dust dust and ashes. Listen very carefully, people. Job only knew God by what he heard about God. Remember, I started by saying he was not an Israelite, not under God's uh, promises, according to what we see here, living in the land of Uz. Here he says he had only heard of God and believed, but he had never personally had an experience with God. And so what we can learn from this book is that we cannot base our life on just hearing about God. We need to personally experience Him. How do we personally experience Him? Well, there's many ways we can. One of it is going to the Bible and reading the Word of God, especially starting in the New Testament. Start there. Another way is to attend church. Go and visit a church and go and see what it's like, a good church. Um, go and find some churches and experience God and experience the people, what they're speaking about God, how they speak about God. We have a great church in Durres in Albania. We have great churches in South Africa. So go and see a church. Go and speak to a believer and then speak to God. Um, speak to him. Say, God, I don't know you. I've heard of you. Maybe I've heard the wrong thing about you. I need you to show me who you are. And he will. Okay? So now he says, I now by personal experience know who you are. And because I know who you are now... I repent, I am wrong. Job never blames the devil and the devil never explains himself in this whole story. Why? Because there was no clear revelation of Satan and his ways during that time. This is very important. God does not appoint the devil to do bad, to test good men. It is not the point of the story. This is not showing it at all. What this is simply showing us is that the devil's main focus is to accuse us in front of God so that he can destroy us. Now, biggest question of the day. Can this still happen today when you are a believer? No. The answer is no. You can go and look um, in the Old Testament. We have another scripture where we see Satan as the accuser, just so you have proof is in the book of Zechariah 3, verse 1 to 2. Satan, the accuser, again stands to accuse those who fear God, those who honor God, those who walk with God before the Lord. However, something has changed. When Jesus came and Jesus being the perfect image on the earth, you know that in all his time on the earth, he never told not one person that they are like Job. He never refers to Job. He never says to anybody suffering or going through destruction and evil things. He never, ever says, this is from God so that he can test you. Never. Okay? And he is the perfect image of God. Our example we follow is not the example of Job. We don't look to Job and say, this is how we should live. Even though he has in the end of his book a revelation of who God is, his revelation still falls short compared to what we can have. Why? Because we live after the cross. Jesus came and perfectly brought God's image to the earth by healing the people who are sick, by teaching and bringing healing to the hearts of those who desperately needed to hear that God is for them. Jesus comes and says, I do not judge you. Come unto me and you will find life. And Jesus says incredible things like he is the way, the truth and the life. He has come to give life. He says, if you're tired and weak and weary, come to me and I'll show you how to have real life. This is the invitation of God. This is who God is. He is still saying, I'm the one who wants to bless you. I want I'm the one who wants to protect you. I'm the one who wants to make sure you increase. Jesus shows it over and over and over to the degree that the religious people, all of them hate Jesus and crucify Jesus. But God raises Jesus three days later from the dead, declaring him victorious. And in fact, Scripture tells us that he has defeated the enemy of man and God. He's defeated the devil. Who's the devil? Satan. How did he defeat him? Well, through his death on the cross and his resurrection, he proves that he was God on the earth that he has dealt with man's sin he has dealt with our wrongs even if the devil could accuse you before god today god would simply say to him i'm sorry devil but geez that person even when they do wrong they are in jesus when you receive jesus you stand before god bold clean and holy and righteous should we sin no may it never be it still causes destruction Because the devil still wants to destroy. However, God and you have a relationship based on the promised covenant between God and Jesus because of the finished work. Now, listen carefully, we've got only a few minutes left. Take some notes. In Revelation 12, we see that the accuser, in Revelation, sorry, 12, the accuser is actually now cast down out of heaven because of what Jesus has done for us. Now he no longer holds that right to enter into the heavenly and accuse us. Listen, people, listen. In Revelation 12, it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now, how do we know this is when Jesus went to heaven? How do I know it? Alicia, how do you know? Because listen to this. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He accuses them before our God day and night. Listen, believer, when you think of the devil... You need to know, don't think about it, think of God, but what you need to know is that he has been thrown down. He no longer accuses you before God. There's another man standing in his place. There's a man standing there by God, and he is the one called Jesus, and he is for you, and he intercedes for you day and night, and the Spirit of God Groans when we pray. The Spirit of God who lives inside of us because we received Jesus now is what has always been one with God and now makes us one with God. There is no accusation against you in front of God. Jesus' work changed everything. The enemy has been defeated, although he still works on the earth. We can rejoice knowing his authority and power has been taken away, he has been defeated. Today, the heavenly realms have been cleansed because of what Jesus did. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 9, read it for yourself because of time. It says that as believers, we can now resist the devil firm in our faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. What can we say there? We can resist the devil. We can stand against them by knowing the truth, knowing who God is, and fellowshipping with God, going to church, fellowshipping with other believers. We are putting an end to the work of the devil. By telling other people the incredible news about Jesus, praying to meet people to speak about Jesus, we are putting an end to the work of the devil. Isn't that awesome? God is the one, at the end of the story, that restores abundantly What was stolen from Job by the devil. There was no, this is not a form of discipline or a form of testing from God. So why would God do that to us today? We have his spirit inside of us. We have his written word. If we want to know what he has to say to us, we can clearly go to his word. If we need correction, he will correct us through his word not through circumstances. You don't need to go through things for God to speak to you. You can come to His Word, learn from His Word, learn from this inspired book put together for us to learn from here and God can lead you into maturity. That is His heart. So Father, we just want to thank you that as we close this session that we can know for sure you are good and that we don't follow Job, we follow Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are constantly reminding us that we are loved, that we are righteous, that we are holy, that we are clean, so that we may live this life, the incredible supernatural life of telling those around us who you are, explaining God to people, so more may come, so that we too may stand and rejoice, knowing that you are Lord, and there is no one like you, and your goodness surely endures forever. Amen.